What's up, everybody? It's Keefe from Ghost Cult Mag. Check out our brand new interview with Chuck from Simple Plan. Their new album, Harder Than It Looks, is out now. Charles of Simple Plan, how you doing, man? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm great. And you, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. Uh, congratulations on your recently released album, Harder Than It Looks. First album in six years. Lots to unpack there. But, you know, first and foremost, you guys are out on tour right now, supporting the album, yes. touring through the States all summer, which is super awesome. How's the tour been going and how are you guys all doing? Yeah, it's ex- exciting time. New music is out. The new album, like you said, and we're on tour with Sum 41 uh, on the Bland Canada tour across the U.S. It's been uh, amazing. We're on leg two. We had the first leg in May. Um, honestly, the shows have been insane all over the country. Uh, everything is sold out. There's not, I think there's one show on this leg, the last one that we added, like the second New Jersey night. Uh, that's the only one that you can still get tickets for. So everything else is, has been sold out completely. The crowds have been so enthusiastic and fun. Uh, it's been great for us to have a chance to get back on stage to reconnect with what we love the most in the world, which is play music for people. Uh, we obviously missed it a lot over the last two years. So that's been quite special. And uh, no, yeah, man, I mean, it's just been a blast. And it's great to tour with Sum 41. We love them. We're with uh, Magnolia Park as well right now. And we had our friends set it off on the first leg. So it was like a stacked lineup. And I think people are just excited to see live music again. So excited. That is the vibe at every show I have been to of late. And uh, it's kind of funny. It's the, uh, maybe not ironic, but funny in an actually funny coincidental way that it's like the year of the Canadian rock and punk band comeback. Uh, although not not a comeback like you ever went away, but like there's a whole bunch of new albums by your uh, right. Eastern Canadian punk legends. And so it's a lot of fun uh, to have these albums out right now all at the same time. And then even, you know, across different genres, like Silverstein is out there on tour, their new album just slams. So, you know, so much fun, so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a great scene. It's, you know, it's uh, we've always been really proud uh, to be from Canada and to play with Canadian bands. And it's actually the first time that we uh, tour with our um, you know, our fellow Canadians, some 41, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. It's been 20 years. We have really parallel careers, you know, so many things in common. You know, I think we're seeing the two of us, the two bands as sort of, uh, you know, important figures in sort of the pop punk early 2000s scene. Uh, the fact that we had never really toured ever anywhere in the world is, uh, really incomprehensible and uh, i'm so happy that we're fixing that now we're doing it and fans are just loving the whole package i think what's really special is that it's a co-headline so we flip-flop every night so we close on one night they close the other night and what you really see in the crowd and which is i think different than lots of other co-headlining tours out there is that everybody stays till the end no matter who like who's closing the show, what band is finishing the show. Every single fan stays, nobody leaves after we're done or after they're done. Uh, so it's a great vibe. And I think people are getting their money's worth, which was the whole idea of this, of this, uh, this tour was because, you know, you want to create an event, something that people look at and go like, man, this might never happen again. I need to be there. And uh, this was the goal. And I think uh, so far, so good. That's amazing. I don't often say this, but the fans are really getting treated to a fantastic show. I have been to shows even recently where the middle band or the co-headline band, first band finishes and a whole wave of people leave. It's a bummer. 
uh, to see yeah. as just an, a fan and a journalist, it's a bummer to see. So I'm so glad to hear that everybody is hanging into the end and it's a big old party. Magnolia Park is also really great. And of course, set it off, also a big fan here. So you guys have picked great bands to tour with and and, and Derek is on the new album. <laughs> yes, uh, he is. Yes. Coincidences. My life, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I actually, it, it, it wasn't really. It's, uh, we kind of decided to uh, invite him to sing on the song when we had this whole idea for the tour. Uh, when it was coming together, we just thought, hey, that'd be really cool to not only be on tour together, but also collaborate musically on, on a, like, like in a very official way on the album. We had never done it before with them before. We had the chance to work with some awesome bands in our career awesome artists you know we had rivers from weezer on our record we had mark from blank on the first album obviously uh joel from good charlotte um you know we had alex from all time low um jordan from newfound glory i mean just a lot and also sean paul and lots of other different types of artists so i think we've always really enjoyed collaborations and we've always enjoyed what that brings to our records and to our sound and to bring Derek was just like a natural thing with the tour coming up and um, with the band, the two bands being in lots of ways, having so much in common, you know, in terms of history and all that, I just felt right. And also, and not, you know, I'm so glad you did that. You helped me with my segue to a future question. So I'm going to bring it in now, which was about collabs Perfect. and that you guys have always been so co pro collab friendly. And you came around at a time when it was sometime, you know, just when, there was a lot of free form sharing and a lot of bands crossing over and jamming on each other's albums was not always allowed in the decade before uh, where you sure. could not really do it without lawyers or get permission. And you would always hear like, oh, we put this track out later because we couldn't get the rights or we couldn't let that guy sing on it or whatever. And you have been so good at these collabs. So it's great to see the tradition continues. And I also just kind of randomly uh, I also think that it's funny that some 41 and Simple Plan have, have like, not just similar career arcs, but they're arriving in a similar place now. Could be the age. We're all growing older and, you know, wisening up and, and you know, feeling ourselves in our moments. We're having a, the world is on fire. <laughs> and so what you got to do is ground yourself and, you know, think about your life. And uh, so I don't want to say this is the more grown up Simple Plan, but certainly a different band than, 20, you know, 2002 or 98, 99, right? <clears throat> yeah um well i think it's really interesting we've been wanting to do this i mean if you're talking about specifically with some 41 we've been wanting to tour with them for a long time i think we we talked them the first time we were in japan playing uh this festival called punk springs we were both on the same bill and we kind of said like hey we should this works this is great we should do this together we should go on tour i think it would be amazing our fans would love it and i think that uh at the time they were not really ready to do that they had that, like different plans they had maybe a bit of a different sound that they were exploring and everything and it just kind of like stayed with them I guess and stayed with us and uh it's something that we would talk about once in a while and uh kind of revisit and then finally I think the timing was right in 2022 they had a big anniversary uh of their you know first record and we had the same thing with no pads and I just falls turning 20 uh and I think also like you said yes bands do mature do change it, you know their perspective uh will change and and kind of evolve uh, I think that has to do with um, with that for sure. I think that uh, I think that I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I think that they're sort of re-embracing their pop punk roots and uh, you know and kind of like um, yeah, like kind of celebrating that again, which I think is amazing. I think the fans love that side of that band, but they also love the heavier side. And uh, but I think it's I think it's a great fit for us um, on the tour. And as far as like 
doing collaborations and everything, I think we've always enjoyed. I think for us, we always saw it as a in terms of creative. It's just fun, and it's it changes things up, and it's it keeps your your records interesting. But also, um, it you know it kind of shows or it showcases you to a whole bunch of people that might not be aware of you or might not know a certain side of your band, and then they get curious, they check out you know the the collab, and they're like, oh wow. I like that. Uh, it's a good fit. And I'm going to check them out. And at, I think each band benefits in lots of ways by doing that. And you're seeing it now with streaming services. Now it's like everybody's doing that because it, it sort of, it takes the two, like the two, the two fan bases and kind of merges them together. And then you have more people streaming and listening and, and it just makes sense. You know, it's a, it's so hard right now to get people's attention, to make some noise and to, get people to like to realize that you have new music out that often doing this collaboration it just gives you like one it gives people one more incentive to actually take the time to listen and check out the new music so that's kind of i think that's why you're seeing like this resurgence of more collaborations because people are realizing that this is good for everyone you know and it's fun Right on. In a way to completely ruin any of my rock credibility, I'm going to say actually probably my favorite one beside the Weezer one, because I am I love Weezer, is uh, the Natasha Bedingfield song, because that song is just oh, yeah. it slaps. It slaps so good. Yeah, jet lag. <laughs> that was awesome. We were so stoked to do that. It was so it was definitely left field. And we were a little concerned at first when we, you know, what our fans are going to think. And then it came out and it was like a slam dunk. Everybody loved it. And people like you that are more like, you know, the hard rockers or like they were into it and people that love our pop side were into it and we loved it and she was so lovely and and nice and yeah it was uh it was really cool we love that song so much right on a good song is a good song to me it doesn't matter you know pop metal classical rap whatever that song is a good song 100 percent and she's great. She's absolutely great. Uh, I, I also, uh, just out of curiosity, it's just really interesting, this first record in six years. I feel like you guys are at the point where you're almost producing yourselves. I know you did this album very DIY and independent, which is kind of a throwback to the, you know, the before times before you guys were big. And uh, yeah, just thoughts about kind of also being independent at this part of your career, you know, and the ch any, yeah. challenge, any challenges on that or anything that was extra smooth because it was more in-house? Yeah, well, yeah, it's an it's an interesting um, question to answer. I think, well, first of all, we were with with Atlantic Records for almost twenty years. I want to say, you know, and and they they were amazing with us. We we had a great run. It was fantastic. We did we did some we achieved some incredible things with their help. And um, I think to give them a lot of credit, we were always we had always all the freedom that we wanted to have. We were never, I read a lot, like I read this book called Sellout, talked about like the major labels influence and, and how a lot of people were, it was such a bad and bitter experience. And I would say like on our end, um, I would say that most of our like relationship or experience with our major label was actually um, extremely positive. They saw something they liked in us and they let us do it and they let us run with it and they let us be ourselves. And I think that, we were always, it was always very key and important for us to maintain a lot of control and actually all the control and be involved in everything. And I think they respected that. They, they saw our band that knew who they were and knew what they wanted. And uh, they just, they thought that was the, the strength of the band, you know, to know like their, our own like identity, you know? So I think it was really successful. It was really great. 
Um, it came a time where it sort of felt like for us, we were at the end of our deal and it felt like, hey, it's time to explore something else. It's, it's time to, you know, be in the business of being completely in control of our own destiny to be like owning our master, which we'd never done in our entire career. Uh, so it was exciting. It was also a bit scary because we had never done that. And I think the one thing that I suspected was that it would be a lot, a lot, a lot of work. <laughs> and sure enough, it, it has been. It's been liberating. It's been fun. But at the same time, it's been challenging because we had this huge machine behind us around the world. We had boots on the ground in tons of countries. And now it's basically just and also we had in a way like, which is interesting, like it's a different point, but we always had somebody that um, you could kind of disagree with and you could be like, you could unite against. Like if the label didn't like a song, we were like, well, I think it in, in lots of ways it made the band even tighter like together because like, well, they don't get it. And well, you know, you had this sort of like this, not this enemy, but you had this common like foe, you know? And now it's like, it's just us. So like, if we have to decide the first single, or if we have to decide like what we're doing or how much money we're spending, like there's nobody to fight with. It's just like, the four of us uh you know so i think it's a definitely creates a bit more challenges and sometimes a bit of tension and, and everything but overall i would say it's been really positive um it's been empowering as a band as artists uh to do this differently and i'm not sure what we're going to do in the future but for this one it felt right and um yeah we're proud of the record i think it's we a and would ourselves like literally just the band um we decided every song that went on, we decided like, you know, we, we had zero input from anybody outside um, of our little band. And um, I think we've always been our best A&Rs. We always knew what is a good song for Simple Plan, what is a good Simple Plan song. We always had very strong intuition and instinct when it comes to what our fans are gonna love and what we love and what we should be doing and what's the next step for the band. So we're just leaning into that and embracing it and it's empowering, it's been fun. I don't know if we're gonna keep going like that for the rest of our career, but for now, it feels good. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there to unpack, but really great. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fantastic. That's exactly what it was I was a lengthy response. I was curious, and, and I think our fans are curious, and I think your fans are curious. You know, uh, I think it's a great move, and no shade. Again, no shade to Atlantic. They're wonderful. We still work with them. And uh, you may, you know, you may one day go back to a label, but they didn't do a lot for you. But I think we're also in an age, it's funny that you talked about streaming, and you guys have humongous streaming numbers, and streaming, the power of streaming as a sort of awareness engine for any band, even a popular one, to grow new fans, which is what you have to do. It's just really interesting, and you are really one of the streaming era bands. Uh, you came along right when Napster was still a thing, before Spotify and iTunes, and now and Apple Music and all these things, and now it's everywhere. But it's also interesting that vinyl has made a big comeback, and physical merch is selling like maybe never before. The options and the availability. You guys have put out a lot of awesome 20th anniversary merch, like the Skate Deck recently. I'm pretty sure it sold out in like five minutes because it was only a handful. But, uh, you know, really great job with all that kind of embracing the technology, but also being plugged into what makes you a successful band. Yeah, man, it's been, um, yeah, to kind of pick up on your point, it's been really interesting. We really lived through many different eras. Like when we started, you had to put out cassette tapes still and CDs. And that was really the name of the game was the physical product, even though Napster had just started and it was a thing, but it wasn't yet um, dominating. You know, it was kind of like, so we lived through that. And then the Apple Store came in and sort of, I wouldn't say killed the album, but sort of started to, um, you know, put like a little bit of, a, um, I mean, like it started to 
kind of challenge the album domination, right? So you could split up song by song and it brought it back to a more like 1950s style of like singles, singles, you know. Um, and then and then that went away somewhat. And then we're into we've entered into like a streaming, like you said. And um, so we really lived through different things. And now vinyl is coming back, like you said. So we're, we're doing that as well. And I think throughout our whole career is like it's we've always tried to just whatever is happening, you can be the dinosaur that's complaining and that's trying to say, oh, the good old days were better. And and sure, there's some truth to that. I mean, it was great to sell physical CDs and people had to listen to every song. And there was something about the having it in your hand that was tangible and that was special and the artwork and everything. And I miss there's a nostalgia for that. But at the same time, like you can't be if you want to stay current as a band you just got to embrace what's happening and you can't be that dinosaur that's just screaming like it used to be better in my days like so like i'll give an example like being on social media and being on tiktok like that's something that we started like doing in 99 2000 even before we had a record deal we had a website and we had emails where people could write us and we were talking and interacting and we were putting out these little recap videos way before instagram and way before myspace or anything because we wanted to be accessible we wanted to be the kind of band that you would know about, you would know each guy in the band, you would understand the story, you would be uh, able to connect, not just with the songs, but with who we were as people. That was always been very important. And now we're still doing that. We're transposing that attitude, but it's, it's on different platforms. Now it's on Instagram. It's on, it was on Twitter for a while. And now it's on TikTok and it's like on YouTube or whatever. And I think that at first, like all like the, the whole tiktok thing was a little foreign for us and we didn't know if we could fit in on there and you know it was kind of like it was very like lots of choreographies and dancing and we're like i don't know man that's really not our jam and then we got sort of pushed into it uh, a bit by accident and kind of forced into it when this i'm just a kid challenge um happened it was at first we were completely unaware and a bit oblivious to it and then people kept telling us like man, you need to check that out. That TikTok thing is like, you guys are blowing up on there. Like, all right, whatever. And then like people, and then like Jared from Bowling for Soup even like call us and like, dudes, you need to check this out. This is huge. And we, we realized, and, and, and at first we were a bit like, what do we do with this? And we didn't really know how to enter the, the space, but then we decided to lean into it. And um, it's been amazing. I mean, we're connecting with, we're finding old casual fans that, I've forgotten about the band and they're coming back because they're seeing us on TikTok. We're coming up on their for you page and we're doing stuff every day. We're having fun with it. We're leaning into it. Um, and uh, I mean, obviously we got lucky. We had this, this, like this sort of this gigantic viral thing that really helped us to get into it. But now we're, we're looking at like 1.2 million followers on this thing. It's our biggest platform, uh, you know, and like we're reaching so many people and like, you know what, like, that's awesome so many bands of our generation are not doing it. And I think like it gives us a, it gives us a chance to reach more people and to have, and that's always been the goal since day one is have our music heard. That's all we ever wanted was have people sing our songs, have people connect with our music, have people know that we exist, you know, and, and, and then they can decide if they like it or not, you know, if they want to come to a show and all that, but it all starts with like the chance to be heard. You know, that's really what this this whole thing has been about for us. It's every decision that we've made, we've made it based on like, hey, if we do this, will people hear about us? Like doing the like the Scooby-Doo soundtrack, for example, doing even like a movie like the Mary Kay and Ashley movie, like uh, 
like New York Minute. We thought, okay, we're going to get some backlash for doing that. But then we said, you know what? We're being ourselves. We're playing live in the movie. We're playing a song we love. We're dressing the way we dress. People will get a chance to decide if they like the band or not. They'll get a chance to hear us. And that's always been the mentality, you know? Awesome. I back that take. It's always a challenge. I think uh, sometimes when you get too popular, you lose some people you started out with that felt that you were their band. Uh, you guys have never been afraid to take chances. They've all seemed to pay off, uh, even if they seem, you know, at the time, like, okay, cool. So, you know, credit to you guys for sticking it out and staying true to yourselves. Just, just as we wind this down, I want to give you back the rest of your day. You're on tour. You need to relax before the show. You know, it's just really, uh, again, I keep hitting back on this. It's funny. I uh, I watched the Woodstock 99 new documentary. It's a long story. I but saw it, that, yeah. Yeah, it's, I was there, by the way. It was crazy. Oh, it really, nice. it's, it's pretty much, out, you know, as they said, more or less, you know, some of it, mm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's fair to blame the bands themselves for being a band and making music that's fast, you know, aggressive and whatever. They seem to spend a lot of time on uh, the offspring beating up blow up dolls of the uh of the backstreet boys like you know there's always going to be sets there's always going to be the punks are cooler than the pop kids or the pop punks are cooler than the ex whoever kids so you know there's always going to be rifts and it's weird for me to see that uh, the culture of music fans get blamed obviously there was a lot of terrible shit that happened and not your fault <laughs> but it just reminded me of that era right it was like an innocent era an innocent time a blink could only happen at that time you guys came out at that time you know some 41 hit big at that time so it just kind of reminded me kind of nostalgia you know in a nostalgia kind of way of that era and uh, yeah it seems like nowadays the grown up punks and emos are going to have their say whether it's tiktok or you know, something else. So that's really cool. Your fans have stuck by you this whole time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really interesting that I, you know, I think that I think when you're it's, you know, it's when we came out, there's obviously a lot of debate in the scene. Okay, are they a pop band? Are they a punk band? Are they too pop for punk or too punk for pop? And we always felt like we were just ourselves and we could we could do a super fast punk rock song and then do something that was you know like perfect that was a more honest and heartfelt ballad and it was and that was us because we like both and it was okay um and then we would go on and like do the warp tour and then we would turn around and um you know do a, a tour with avril and we felt like we as a band could exist in these two spaces and I think there was some con it was controversial at the time, but I think we've made so many fans that maybe saw us for the first time when we opened up for Avril, for example, you know, and and then it was kind of like the gateway drug. Like they saw that show and then they got into like all these other bands and like they got into, you know, like, I don't know, like all these these other Warped Tour bands and everything and some 41 and all that stuff. And um, and then they discovered maybe like taken back Sunday and maybe they, they discovered Mike and Michael Romance and all that, you know, and that's how they were introduced to this style, um, which I think is rad. But I think the one thing that happens when you stick around for 20 years and when you start to, to have that, that longevity is that the people that were maybe had strong opinions about you, they start to realize that, Hey, these guys are here to stay. And you, you gain some credibility that maybe you, they didn't give you in the beginning. 
because man, like it's been 20 years. They're still here. They're still doing what they love. There's still people showing up uh, a lot and actually more people than ever showing up. And so I think there's, you know, people kind of like this whole, and also the world changed, like this whole, this whole sellout debate has evolved. And I don't think it's really relevant uh, the way that it used to be. Um, so it's really exciting. I think it's really cool to see that some of the stuff that people thought was maybe like cheesy or immature, whatever. Now it's like, like the Scooby-Doo song, for example, when we played live, it's huge. Now people go crazy, like punk, punk rockers or crowd surfing. And like, it's, you know, and so it's been, it's been really interesting to see how things change. And I think for us, it's, I think we've always stayed very like, like authentic. And that's been the key to where we're at you know, today. And I feel like I'm proud of our past and I'm even more excited about the future, you know? So it's a, it's, it's a good time to be in simple plan. Word, word up. That's a very good place to stop here. Charles, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. Continue to have fun on the tour, be safe more than anything else. Have somebody stay with your van and your bus and your gear, Jesus. Uh, and, uh, you know, just keep doing what you do, man. We'll see you out here. We'll see you in Europe, maybe this fall, wherever you do. You know it, man. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks All for the best. With Ghost Cult. We'll see you soon.